Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Walking Blind is hosted by overly emotional dudes who overthink and overanalyze everything. Nothing the hosts say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. They're not professionals, and they're about to make that very clear. So just kick back and hang with them, because you've earned it. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Walking Blind Podcast. I'm Mike, and this is also Mike, and we're here to answer the age-old question. Did you guys see Will Smith slap the shit out of Chris Rock right now? That was amazing. You got to defend your woman. You got to defend your wife. I was that was that was impressive. It was uh, it was quite a smack. <laughs> but episode nineteen, episode nineteen. Hopefully, you guys were uh, pumped to see that little uh, episode eighteen and a half that we gave you guys. It wasn't really a full episode, <laughs> but it was a nice little glimpse into uh, into the NBR boys um, the night before. Um, Tough Love Fest 10. Lots of lot, many hours put into some rehearsals at that point. A lot of stress. A lot of stress. Uh, a lot of barbecue. A lot of barbecue. It was nice. I think, it was, I think that was good for, I think it was good for the guys. Kind <laughs> yeah, of. It, was, it was nice to just kind of hang out and just, you know. Have some fun. Eat some food. Chill out. Um, but still, I you know what? I got to say this. Uh, I I really appreciate you guys' work ethic. Um. Not you as much. The, <laughs> the other guys. <laughs> no, uh, I appreciate that. Like, I mean, obviously, we've talked about on this show how you've been on the treadmill running, like, you know, getting your, your stamina back or whatever. It's all vanity. I don't want to look old on stage. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we even did point out that it did look like you got some just for men touch of gray because your hair was looking darker in the morning of the show. Um, so who knows? <laughs> but uh, from an outside perspective, watching the guys like even after being at the rehearsal studio for what five six hours during the day coming back and then just still taking time to like no amps or anything like that just pull out the guitars and just start making sure that everything's on point right yeah and what you didn't see was when we got home 
they brought him back out and they're playing in their rooms. Yeah. And then, yeah, because the next morning, even Tron was like, I fell asleep sitting up with my guitar in my hands, you know? And then, uh, and, um, you know, even just the comments that the dudes were making, like, I don't want the first time I played these songs today, which was, this is the morning of the show, to be when we're in front of a crowd playing. Yeah. So, like, the just seeing, like, the, uh, the uh, work ethic and the dedication to actually, like, you know, playing your instruments and, and being good at your craft. It's like, it makes sense why you guys are so good live. Thank you. It, it was, it was cool. Like I, you know, I appreciated that they were like, not that they were putting that much pressure on themselves, but like they're, you know, they worked super hard. So it made me, it made me feel a lot better about kind of the things I was doing on my end yeah. too. Cause like, I was like, okay, yeah, that's cool. Like, good. We're all, we're all taking this, we're all taking this serious. And, uh, you know, it, it, it would have been like, I, I mean, I know they wouldn't have meant it. It would have been like really disrespectful. Like they came, like they didn't know what they were doing or, you know? Um, yeah. We kind of talked about this morning too, like with Martin, um, you can't come back and it be like, Oh, they just phoned it in for a comeback show. You know? Right. Yeah. <clears throat> Cause that's going to set the tone for the, the rest of what NBR continues to do. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, it's like do it's like it's like do it or don't, you know, yeah. that that was kind of our attitude. Um I I almost feel like we would have been prepared to pull out of this if like we didn't feel like we were where we need to be. Really? Yeah. Um I know that like our first our first rehearsal practice or you want to call it. Uh it was rough, but like for me, I wasn't that worried. Mm. Um I would have been worried if if the attitude would have been like that was bad. Yeah. Oh well. Uh, but like that wasn't the attitude. It was more of like, okay, we, this is what we need. This is what we need to work on. These are the areas that were, you know, uh, needing, yeah, needing work. And so I, I felt, I felt good. I, I had, I had confidence in, in everyone. Like, you know, even myself, there's, you know, I was, I was rusty. I was really jumpy <laughs> and like really pushing <laughs> that first practice, you know, yeah. hard not to. Yeah. And so I, I kind of just, I, yeah, I tried to give our, I tried to give us a little bit of grace, like knowing like, dude, this is. Tron and Matt's first time ever playing with Daniel, Martin, and myself. All together. All together. And then this is Daniel, Martin, and myself's first time playing together since 2016. Because even when we recorded, we weren't playing live together right. at all. Everything was already pretty much ready to go for recording. Martin just stepped in, did his drums. You know, guitars were already, you know, clicked up and everything. Anyway, so yeah, it was, uh, I'm happy, I'm happy, thank you, I, I appreciate it, I, I, I felt like the guys worked really hard. Um, <clears throat> yeah, uh, so now that the first show is over and done with, before we jump in and talk about it, uh, where's your head at, like, let's do a mental health check. I'm good, I'm like, I feel, obviously, I feel very relieved, um, you know, uh, leading up to everything, like, it was very, it was very stressful, but I, I call it like the good stress, right? Because it's like, we're, we're, you know, for one, you know, trying to make sure, you know, getting, getting all the guys here in time and then, you know, making sure everyone's good, you know, like, uh, three of the guys stayed with me and, um, you know, just making sure, you know, we just like little things like we, we had what we needed and, uh, <clears throat> 
and then you know obviously the practices and stuff so there's a lot of a lot of stress good stress um and I, I feel like i feel like yesterday i had like a lot of i feel like i had like a lot of peace because like i was just like okay we're here this is here like we've we've done a lot of the preparation i think we're good i feel like i'm good on my end and i was just able i felt like i was able to really enjoy the night and it was a long night <laughs> but uh it was you know, a long day. I mean, was, we got dude. there, what, one, I got there at like one thirty, and then you guys came shortly after that. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, it, yeah, it was, it was, so all that, like today is kind of like the, the aftermath, right? It's like, I feel, I feel good. Like, I feel fine. Like, um, I feel like I'm in a good headspace, but like I got a lot, <clears throat> a lot off of my shoulders a lot off my chest um i'm just i'm just like tired but that's you know expected a little sore yeah expected but mentally i feel i feel really good like i feel i feel happy uh it's been just even it's still like a hangover in the best way from people still sending us really cool responses and people still checking out the live like just realizing we did a live and they're now watching it and so yeah Mentally, I'm in a good spot. Uh, very stressful week, but it was a nice, a nice end to the week. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I feel good going into this last week of March. It's crazy. Yeah, it's wild. Uh, pretty soon we'll be at April Fools. Mm. Um, you know, where are you with your mental health? Uh, <laughs> I'm good. I mean, yesterday was cool. It was a lot of fun. I woke up this morning and. Definitely, like, um, I rolled out of bed and my calves hurt <laughs> from, like, jumping up and down and stuff. I, I felt, so last night I felt like I had a, a couple, um, I couldn't hear myself, so I, I felt like I had a couple moments where, like, my voice kind of... Pushing? Yeah, I was pushing too hard. My voice kind of gave out of me, and I was, like, laughing at myself. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, you know, it's one of those things, man, with the... With the hardcore scene, it's like you just, you, I mean, we went out there, just had a good ass time. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say it was really, it was really, really surreal to, um, so for, for those of you that don't know, as far as torture culture goes, for a while, Martin, like Martin from the Bagging Rights actually played um, on our record. So he wrote the drums and played on the record, but... <clears throat> then he moved to Arizona for a while and there was just like this, you know, time period where he just uh, wasn't involved with the band. Then he came back and filled in for a couple shows for us, mm. but <clears throat> he didn't want to pull double duty for no bragging rights. Um, uh, and us on, at the tough love fest. Cause you know, as he should, the focus should be on then be our comeback. So um, we were trying to think of who was going to play drums for us. And I shot a text over to um, Steve who used to play in Creative Void, who now plays for Voodoo Glow Skulls. And I was like, hey, bud. Um, you know, I just threw it out there. I didn't expect him to say yes. And with like two weeks notice, he he took it and he was like, yeah, dude, I'll play. So <laughs> I had a moment where like we're we're all like getting ready to play. And, and I like look at Steve and I was like, holy shit, this like this, like this right here between us, this feels like mm-hmm. 10 years ago, you know. Um, <laughs> and it sparked like the, it sparked the, the, the a group text message to see if I can convince some people to to write some jams. So 
um, who knows? We'll I would, see. I would, I would keep, I would keep revisiting that, man. Because I feel like <laughs> there's one person that I need to get on board. Yeah. There's one person. Um, Give him time. Actually, there's two, but there's there's one that I need to start with to get on board. <laughs> yeah. The, the the big domino. Yeah, it's a, it's a domino effect. Um, but yeah, man, uh, the show was cool. We. We put out a brand new shirt and sold out of all of our shirts. Which was it's a sick, sick shirt. You will see it. I'm uh, sure at some point I'll be wearing it. Yeah, it's it yeah. a cool shirt. Uh, and actually, like I had put aside shirts for Jake, Dan, and I. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had to be like, "Hey, sorry, fellas, we like, we're, we're running out, so, I, so we sold them." Uh, we were, I was just like, "I'm That's sorry, funny. guys," and they were like, "No, no, it's cool." Uh, so. Yeah, means gotta just order more, man. Yeah, we're just gonna do another run. Uh, which, by the way, this is the, all of that profit from the shirts is going to Kelly. So you know, that's exciting. <laughs> <laughs> but you're gonna sound good. Yeah. Other than that, like, uh, you know, still just like last week's episode, I'm still on this. Uh, you know, I'm on this this train of positivity. I guess just like, hey, let's ride it, man. Let's see what the fuck happens from here. Yeah. You know. Good. Um, yeah, man. That's good. That's good. So let's, I, I want to talk a little bit about like the, we, I know we have some questions, but mm. I want to talk a little bit about like those, um, what, like, what was that feeling not only like leading up to playing, you know, like for me, for me, like I don't get nervous until like like maybe five minutes before we play. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if you noticed when we were setting up and we were waiting, I'm like pacing back and forth. Yeah. Like that's where my nerves kick in is right a, before we play. I'm a pacer as well. And um, <clears throat> so I kind of, I came back there in the green room with you guys and Martin, I, I went, my best friend. I went running back there as soon as I saw his Instagram post. He's like, I'm about to play with NBR. Like I noticed him like feeling a little anxious, like sitting at the bar area. Cause him and I had gotten pizza together and stuff. And, and then he was sitting at a booth and he was like, you could tell he was in a completely different place. And I that's was, so oh. interesting. It was, I was like, Oh, okay. And then uh, he posted, like he went out to the car, I guess, to get some air. And he posted like about to play with it. You know, no bragging rights for the first time in six years. The anxiety is real. And when I saw that, I was like, I went over to the green room and I was like, you guys good? What, what, what do you guys need? You know, what's going on? I feel bad. I wish I would have seen that. Cause I didn't, you know, I didn't know. I thought, you know. Yeah. Uh, and then he was, but I mean, you guys, you know, killed it. I, but anyway, I want to see like, what was your, what was the thought process like right before you guys started? And when was it that was like, when did it kick into you that it was like, oh shit, we're back? Um... <clears throat> So for like, for like, like they have like at the show, you know, yeah. um, like it's weird because there, it started to feel very, I started to feel very, um, like I started to like settle in. Like once we like, we set up, we had the merch table. Uh, I quickly remembered how much I don't like sitting at the merch table. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it just like that, even like that made me laugh. Cause I was just like, this feels like, this feels like something I'm very familiar with. This is. I don't know if Jesse caught on or not, but like the moment that he started slanging shirts, both me, you and I were like, whoop, peace. <laughs> Dude, shout out to Jesse, man. Yeah. Thank uh, you, Jesse. Thank you for, um, I was for like, running that for us. I, I'm like, we're like discovering that she's just like good at like many things, man. She's a good front man. He plays drums. <laughs> Again, natural. Uh, I'm sure he's, I'm sure he's got it. I've done merch at some point. 
One thing I like about Jesse is, uh, <laughs> I feel like we keep talking about him on this show. We've got to bring him on an episode. Mm. The one thing I really like about Jesse is that like, uh, like we'll be talking about something. Like it could be something that like one of us doesn't want to do or like something that we have to do that we don't really feel like doing or something like that. Or even just like, like there was the, uh, there was the little talk between me, Adrian, Dan, uh, even Shipwreck about like, who's going to go up for songs on your set, right? <laughs> and to me, I'm like, I, like, I'm like, yeah, dude, I'll jump up there for cycles or whatever. And Dan's like, I'm going to go up there for cycles. Okay, cool. Dan, go up there for cycles. And then he, Dan was like, nah, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do it. So me and Dan are having this back and forth and Jesse goes, fuck it, I'll do it. And then he just pulls up the lyrics to cycles <laughs> on his <laughs> And then uh, Dan was like, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I was like, all right, that's fine. I'll do it. And then once you guys started playing it, you could see it in Dan's eyes that he's like, and I just kind of looked at him. I was like, and he just came up and said, yeah, I'm going to do it. <laughs> but Jesse just has this like, he has this like, fuck it, I'll do it. Yeah. yeah. All right, cool. I'll do it. Whatever. You, know, you want me to handle it? I'll handle it. He's just down. Yeah. Just, yeah. <laughs> my mom, my mom met him yesterday. He stopped. We all uh, met up at my house for the show. And so like, you know, he's introduced himself and I was like, yeah, mom, this is the guy, <laughs> this is the guy that made the comment about, uh, about Mario and I. So she's, she thought it was funny. But yeah, um, so uh, yeah, so things, I, I just, I felt like, I, I felt really fine. Like I wasn't nervous. I didn't really have much nerves. You know, I, if I started, if anything, I was, just, I would have like emotional moments where like it'd sink in just like the, like, dude, this it's happening. Like, this is cool. But I was never like anxious or, or, or overly emotional or anything. Like it was just, it was just like fun. Like yesterday felt like fun for me. It felt like, oh yeah, this is what we used to do <laughs> all every the time, day. every day. Yeah. Um, and so warmed up, you know, I did my normal routine when I started my stretching, light warm up, check out the man, hum and do whatever I'm doing, go back in, ramp up my warm up, my stretching, and then like my just what I do, like my routine is normal. Everything was good, felt good. Get out on stage, uh, uh, after extortionist set who killed it and um and like i'm on stage i'm feeling good i'm like ready you know i'm starting like to really like focus up but i feel i feel good it's taking a long time to sound check or to do our, our line check yeah and then it's like now getting closer to the actual time to play and then boom it hit me yeah freaking hit me and my i just started just like got like super like super humbling like super like i was like super appreciative in that moment like dude there's a lot of things that had to go right for this to happen it all hit me at once and i was like my eyes were starting to like 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 well up and i was i was like oh no why now are you serious like this whole time like why now like i think i, I can't remember if it was tron or matt i looked at them and i was just like i was like dude I'm, it's hitting me i'm getting emotional and they were like cool i was like no <laughs> no it would be Tron or Matt on that side that are like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah good, good. And I was like, no, this is like not good. And then um, if you'd have turned to me, I'd have been like, what do you need? I know. I know. <laughs> I'm just I like, like I'm on just the, crying. I was on the other side of the stage. <laughs> oh, dude. And and so I think it just took it just took for me to say it, and then to be like, okay, I feel it, whatever this is. And then as soon as I did, then I like then I focused up, and then from then it was just like then there was just like you know, back in, you know, whatever, 2015 mode. And it was just like, all right, we, we, we doing this. We good. And, um, 
And so as soon as you started playing, like, it was really, really hard to, like, like not go so hard right away, like, gas out <laughs> early. That was in the back of my mind. And I kind of just kind of tell myself, like, to, like, just relax. Like, this is, like, you you know, you don't need to do anything extra. Like, just have fun. Like, basically, it was, like, my mentality with this. Yeah. And then um, it wasn't until... It wasn't until uh, I think Hope Theory was when I really started to like get more like emotional things, and it was, that was like, and then I then for me like that's just that's just what Hope Theory has always been for me. It's an, it's a really tough song for me to do, um, just because of yeah emotionally what it does for me. Um, you know, people give me grief about like oh like what you said like made me tear up and stuff. I'm like, yeah man, me too. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> yeah, like it made me tear up too. Yeah, so. Um, yeah, it was, it was, uh, everything was cool until like seconds before we started playing. And then Hope Theory was just kind of Hope Theory for me. Like that's kind of what it's always been. And then, uh, yeah, and then just after the show, it was just fun talking with people and it just felt like okay, that's, that's what I missed. I missed that. Like after the show, um, you know, cause I had a couple people kind of share with me and, um, and it was just nice to be, you know, just encouraging for someone. And then again, just being like humbled by the straight guts it takes to talk to me and to share this with me, like total strangers, people I met for the first time sharing things with me that, you know, um, some of it was heavy. A lot of it last time was more like, like a cool, like, Hey, you know, I was hearing for the first time what you said was helpful. Can you like, talk about the bathroom story? <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> um, so, uh, we don't have to say like who they were or who they're okay, cool, yeah, anything like that. Yeah, so we, we've uh, this is after the set, you know, I went, I think I'd already like kind of like changed like my out of my shirt, whatever, and I was just whatever. And uh, I'm walking to the restroom, and as I'm going to the restroom, I'm like, I walk by this guy, and like he likes, he likes, st- <laughs> uh, he kind of stops and he like, he like kind of pulls back really quick right away, and like he, like for reals, like I kind of. I felt like uneasy because the way he stopped is like super it's aggressive. Yeah. yeah. And he was like, fuck you. Made me cry in front of my friends. <laughs> uh, was, yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> I was like, my bad. <laughs> I was like, I did too. If that makes you feel better, I don't know. Mike and I, Mike and I have this new theory that, um, you know, the, all the tough dudes that come to these shows, like there's a lot of tough, big, like scary looking dudes that come to these shows, right? Okay. And, uh, you know, we figure that, like, if they're crying, they could just, they, you know, they're just throwing punches, but they're punching their tears <laughs> Punch those away. Tears. They're, they're punching the tears, tears out of here. <laughs> Dude, that's That's sick, man. Yeah, I, there were... Um, there, Shout out to that guy. <laughs> there were definitely moments watching you guys play um, where I was like, like, just that first, like, we're no bragging rights from Riverside. I was like, holy shit. Holy shit, this is fucking, this is dope, you know? It's happening. It's happening. Um, and yeah, like we got some cool footage. One, one of the things that, I will say this as, an, as, a little, um, as a little pat on our own backs. Like we played last night, right? Mm-hmm. And we're doing this podcast today and our voices aren't shot. Yeah. Right? So apparently this training has been working a it little worked. bit. Um, <clears throat> but... Um, Mike and I have had this, we've had this talk like, hey, all I care about is that I just don't 
get gassed on stage <laughs> the moment where I put two hands on my on my uh, knees and bend over. And I didn't. I didn't. I maybe I kind of leaned on one of the monitors a little heavy, but yeah. I, leaning, I, I think leaning is okay. I feel like it's more passable. Yeah. Leaning because you're okay. facing the you're facing the crowd and as long as you do yeah. that the power stance, whatever. And I will say Mike made it all the way to the very end, last basically song. the very last song for last Hope song. Theory, which uh if you guys are watching this now, then the the live videos, two full songs, should be up on our um, on our YouTube channel as well. That was kind of I just filmed with the cell phone, like from my perspective, but it's it's a pretty cool, it's a cool it's a pretty cool angle. Yeah, it's of really the cool. Show. Um, and you can see during Hope Theory <laughs> that Mike had a had a millisecond, dude. And then and then I went through the live, and I'm like doing it like right in front of the live video. I was like. Oh. Did you forget the camera was there? Oh, dude, 100%. Okay. As soon as we started playing, I forgot everything. <laughs> I forgot you... my phone up there. Really? Yeah. <laughs> just I just like, on the stand? It was sitting on the stand. Thankfully, somebody like got it and like moved it out of the way, which is cool. <laughs> Appreciate whoever did that and didn't steal it. I was like I was like already like at the table, probably like already changed and stuff. And I was like, oh, fuck my phone. My phone. <laughs> so. um, and then the homie Jay Pash came out and filmed. Mm -hmm. uh, he came out and, and he we saw a little little video that he little put taste. together which is which was really cool and for somebody who's never been to a hardcore show who's never didn't know what he was getting into like that turned out pretty cool yeah and then I, no I way yeah. no way came out and took photos like some uh, sick shots man dope shots oh did you, did you get some i didn't i don't know oh uh, i think he might have came no he was no there he for, was there he was there for our yeah, yeah i know he was filming and taking photos but i don't know mm. you I just haven't see seen him yet? yet yeah so um I'm sure they're dope. He takes cool pictures. He does. He does. But yeah, man, it was it was good. Extortionist killed it. Yeah, um, man. The destruction of a king, boys. Mm. Um, slayed it. Now, now, low love. I've spoken my praises of low love on this show before, mm -hmm. and my man crush on all of them. Yeah. Um, but destruction of a king just came out and murdered it. It was like yeah. a time machine. Like yeah. You know, and we talked about we talked about Alex, like, and his his vocals are, I mean, as a as a vocalist and as a performer, both he's just he's an he's artist, awesome. dude, straight artist. <laughs> and we're over here like Alex, ah, ah. but I you know, know. <laughs> I mean, like, dude, you guys, yeah, it's so sick, it's so good. Yeah, uh, he's so like for, I mean, yeah, for 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 especially heavy heavy music, it can get. I'm speaking for myself, it gets very boring for me. Like a lot of a lot of uh. A lot of heavier stuff just because like it's it's very it's almost one note or like they can it, it's like maybe there's a little bit of like like ramping up to stuff a little bit of but it yeah with him man he's so i think he's so dynamic and he's so tasteful like i feel like he just, his decisions are smart yeah yeah absolutely and um yeah he's great he's awesome I'm, I'm so i can't wait to do more shows with low love, but it was cool. It was cool to uh, play with destruction again. Cause actually we were on their last tour. Really? Yeah. Oh shit. Yeah. I don't even know if anybody remember or, or if they would even remember this, but we played with destruction of a King back in the declare your war days way back in the day. Dang. So yeah, it was like in, uh, what was that? What was that orange County venue? Um, it was a bar. You walk in and there was like, um, you walk in, it was like a hallway and then there was like a stage and 
Oh, it was like an Irish pub type place. I can't remember. I'll I'll figure it out. I think there was that booking uh, agency uh, breakthrough entertainment used to do shows there all the time. Oh, you are Michaels. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Fuck that place. <laughs> yeah. Fuck that place. Absolutely. But that's probably why we don't uh, remember the name. Yeah. Got into so many fights there for no reason. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I, uh, breakthrough. Yeah. 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 Well, we'll leave that at that. Yeah. <clears throat> but dude, yeah. Destruction of the King was sick. Alex is, I think everyone's band crush right now. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, extortionist. I think we already mentioned extortionist. Extortionist had no reason being on that show and being that good. Like, dude. just killing it. No, they've been like that for a while. Like, like, like they just, it was unnecessarily heavy for that show. <laughs> it's one of those things where, like, you know, I was feeling pretty good, like, and then just watching them just murder right in, right before us. I'm like, <laughs> well. I was, yeah, I was, like, um, Jake and I were talking, and we were like, man, like, you know, um, we just, we played real early in the day, you know, so the crowd wasn't as, as big as, you know, later on in the night. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, but Jake, would you have wanted to follow, like, extortionist or like NBR or and he's like yeah you're right no <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's it was cool it's fun it's, it was if anything it just pumped me up yeah it was cool it's crazy like I mean they're still young to me but they were younger like I first first met them <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh we're old <laughs> alright well let's jump into questions questions Questiones. Um, let me look at the wall of Mike's faces. Actually, we have one from the uh, from the gram. Sick. So let me jump to that real quick. <clears throat> uh, I guess it's not really it's not really a question, but um, it's a message from. I hope I'm saying this right. Ennis. Oh, I said this correctly in the pot in the the live. Oh, what, uh, Ennis Gorpe? There you go. <laughs> I'm not even going to try. I don't, so don't want to ruin it. Uh, and he said, thanks for letting me know about the podcast on your IG live. We'll have some stuff to listen to at work. Uh, discovered NBR back in high school 10 years ago, and I've always come back to listen. Was really excited to find out that y'all were releasing a new album after so many years. I'm battling some depressive thoughts recently and have my good days and bad days. Good days seem to be when I'm distracted or busy, like weekdays. And bad days are usually the weekends when I can finally catch up to my thoughts and give in to my anxiety. Mm. Music always seems to help. Thanks again for helping me get through another day. Um, it's not really a question, but more of a, a statement Same than anything else. And I mean, that's, I, I love that. I love, you know, stuff like this. It's like, I hope someone can, you know, can listen to this and be like, dude, that's me. It's worse on the weekends. Yeah. You know, or maybe it's opposite, you know, maybe it's like, oh, it's worse for me on the, during the week because I work weekends and I'm create, I'm too busy to realize, you know, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm feeling this way, uh, mentally, but, um, you know, one of the, one of the things I, 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 you know, again, it's really cool to always to hear, uh, that like, you know, you, you're using music as a form of, of, you know, coping and, and maybe a little, a nice little, um, you know, uh, escape or something to help you be in what you're feeling, which is, which is good. Music is great for that. 
And, uh, you know, I don't know him other than just our live, like, you know, 20 minute, whatever, half hour ago. And, uh, I think it's cool that he was, you know, if you're listening to this, I think it's rad that you're, you know, open enough to share. I always, I always want to encourage people, um, by showing them like right at the gates, like, dude, you are a lot stronger than you realize. And you're doing, you're going to like, you're taking great steps in the sense that you're able to speak on this. You have this awareness enough to be like, Hey, this is what my life is. And this is what it feels like for him. Like, I think it's awesome that he even pointed out, you know, it's bad on the weekends when I have more freedom and more time to now really get into my, this kind of thinking that happens, uh, because I'm too busy during the week to even have time. So, um, dude, thank you for saying that in. That's, that's a, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's a, it's a big step to even, you know, be willing to admit that you are dealing with, um, you know, dealing with these types of things. Um, Mm -hmm. it's, you know, a lot of people are even afraid to talk about it Yeah, and that's what sucks, you know? Yeah. So Um, apply like, like pat yourself on the back. I don't know what to, I don't know like what the cool way to say it, but the awareness you have is going to do a lot for you. Um, and, uh, yeah, I hope you continue to, to, you know, for anyone listening, you know, uh, take, 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 uh, take time to really, you know, step back and kind of figure yourself out as much as you can, you know, learn about yourself. Um, try to acknowledge, you know, you know, obviously it's really hard to sometimes know what it is that's troubling us in the moment or why we feel a certain way, but as best you can, you know, just try to identify how you're feeling, you know, uh, if you understand it, great. You know, no one else has to, if you, if you can understand what it is like, Oh, this is, this is me in a, in a calm state. Oh, this is me in a stressed out state. Oh, this is me in an angry state. Oh, this is me in a depressed state. This is me, you know, whatever it is, like the more you do that, like it takes time, the more you do it, the better you get at identifying what's going on. And when you're able to identify it, then you can start, you know, pulling from your resources or whatever little things you have that help you kind of get back on track mentally. So, yeah. um, all right. So, uh, from uh, smoke, Lahoma girl, <laughs> how did y'all deal with mental health away from home during tour? Uh, so admittedly my first couple of years with my mental health issues, uh, not the best, you know, escaped to a lot of, uh, distractions, bad ones, you know, most drinking, um, and then, uh, you know, I was very, I was very lucky that I did have also mixed into that. I did have some people I could really reach out to, which were helpful. Like my brother, my brother was big for me. Um, I had, I had some friends that I knew I could just, uh, like kind of unload on, you know, and then, and then the friends that knew me well enough to just like, like get me to talk basically like, yeah. and so, uh, I'm thankful for, there's a, there's a handful of people in my life that I'm very thankful for. They got me through a lot of that. Um, but then kind of towards the later years when I started to kind of, you know, kind of do some investigation and, and figure out, um, little things I had a, I have a, um, I have like a cheat sheet. I have it in my phone and it's basically my, my, okay. So. I know who this is not well, but I know she, she tours. Okay. And so, uh, this is just my, 
one of my things to help me, my recommendation. So on my list, I think I've talked, I don't know if I've talked about this before on the podcast, but on my list, I just have, pull it up. I have kind of like a gratitude list and I tried for the most part, I was pretty good about every day, especially on tour and especially the later tours when my like mental health was bad. Um, I would try to start with this cause this usually would give me a good, a good, like, like chance at like the day. Yeah. <laughs> like it got me off on the right foot and it's crazy how much it would, uh, it would like, it could, it could get me through a lot, you know? Cause getting, I think start starting the day off with gratitude is it's so, it's so helpful. Um, I don't know if you want to talk while I try to find this real quick. But. <clears throat> um, for me, especially, I mean, the the last thing I really did was Warp Tour. Um, but for me, it was like having a good, um, like a good system at home that like, you know, I had, well, at the time I had a girlfriend um, who, you know, I could call and talk to kind of like at any time whenever I, I was stressed out or anything. Mm-hmm. Um and then, uh, you know, I had like close friends at home that were just, you know, always there whenever I needed them as well. And then it helped that like, you know, Warped Tour, that Warped Tour was a little weird because like I, I wasn't playing, I was working. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you, have that, you don't have that like release of being like. Yeah. It's just like, you're. I was just grinding, right? Like it was just, you wake up, you know, go work and mm-hmm. then go back and like might catch depending on the time of day or depending on like what it is, you might catch some bands that you like to see, or you might catch some friends bands or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, <clears throat> and I think what, what really helped me on that tour was having Jake there um, because me and Jake would hang out and it was, you know, both of us were kind of like our, our little, like, like lifeline to home type thing. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I guess it's just, I'm trying to, even if it's just one or two people that like are, are almost like a support system for you. Um, and especially people that understand what it's like to be, you know, gone or, mm-hmm. or, or like, you know, cause a lot of people are like, Oh, you're living the dream. And you're like, hmm. I mean, <laughs> you know, I mean, yes, but in a way it's not free. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So, okay. So my list, so this isn't the list. But uh, I found something else, which I'll get into. But my list, um, it, was my, it was my gratitude list. And uh, I would go through, actually, I have it on here. Uh, I'd go like physical, like mental, and then I'd go people. And what that means for me, gratitude was physical. Um, I would start with saying, I'm thankful that I can walk. I'm thankful that my hands work. I'm thankful that I have vision. I'm thankful that I can speak. And because I can speak, I'm able to sing, singing brings me joy, whatever, you know, stuff like that. I'm able to communicate how I feel to people. Not the best always, but I can, um, you know, I can hear kind of, <laughs> um, you know, so I go through all these physical things about myself that I can do. I'm able to still hold rational thoughts. I guess that's more the mental. Um, I'm able to, to problem solve, you know, I'm sure that's a question sometimes, but I at least have some of that ability to do. And then people. So for me, and you know, everyone's list for people, it can be one person to who knows, like however many you want to add on there. Um, 
But like for me, like on like on tour, my my list of people was you know my parents, my brother, you know my friends, some of my cousins. You know, I, I just people that I, I I felt as like were mentors for me, and I would just and I because thinking about them, it, it it made me happy. You know, some and sometimes it would make me almost spiral more because I'd miss home. But when I think about it from a gratitude point of view, it usually was encouraging, and um. And I would just kind of repeat that kind of I, like I'd go over that over and over. And at least for me, that was really helpful in my later years of touring. I was doing that every morning. Every morning I look at my phone and I go through my list of, like I said, physical things I'm thankful for or grateful for. And then mental side of things and then people. And so, so that was what I did on tour. This is what I do now. So if, let's just say MBR goes on tour. This is my list. Some of the stuff I can't really necessarily do, but I have like a coping mental health stress relief list that I have. And so I have my categories. I won't go into all of them, but I have gratitude. Um, and then uh, I do a kind of like an affirmation of what I have in my life, not what I don't have, but what I do have. Um, I do breathing exercises. Uh, my, this is what I do when I'm home. Uh, play with Coda, you know, take him on a walk, go to the park, do training stuff with him. I have music. I turn to, I have, uh, uh, walking, biking, hiking, coffee, go for a drive, you know, nap if I can. Uh, and then sushi is like, if I can, if I have the money for it, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's great for me. Uh, conspiracies, ironically enough, is really good for my mental health in a weird way. Cause it just gets my brain like out of this you know new podcast coming soon yeah uh audio you know uh sometimes i'll record myself i'll vent to myself which is weird but i've talked about this in the in the past um also i'll use the audio recording for gratitude stuff so good to hear that uh like self encouraging self-talk self-talk tv shows movies podcasts um and then random things playing catch Driving range, batting cages, singing, singing in my car, kiyoki, or on the treadmill, guitar, write, or learn a cover, writing, you know, like, yeah. And so, and then, uh, and then I have like my support, like just my reminders on like, if I need to support like my family, friends, local resources. Right. So this is my, this is like my list, I guess. If anybody wants this, if anybody wants this, I can like post it or something. But this is like my at home what I do now, you know, and I'm constantly adding things to it or maybe I'll take something out. But, um, if I was on tour, this is what I would have with me. And then I have my gratitude list. So that's kind of what's been helpful for me to, what was the question? Not to, uh, how I handle mental health on tour. Yeah. Um, how do you and, deal with mental health away from home on during. What, yeah. 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 So I would, yeah, I would just try to find ways to get away from the venue, from my bandmates, and just kind of have my like time to myself, which allowed me to think. Um, I would try to go get coffee because that brought me joy. That was something that kind of was good for me mentally. Um, I played, uh, I, well, I guess it depends on the year. Fantasy baseball was good for me. It was a nice little fun distraction. Gave me something to do. Um, and uh, yeah, I was kind of, you know, and I kind of, whether they knew it or not, I'd have my people that I would go to when I felt like I was like, I needed somebody to talk to. Yeah. So, but thank you for that question. All right. From Ash, Ash B. Rouse. 
Do y'all feel like peer pressure lessens as you age? No. <laughs> I feel like it would get worse. Yeah. No. I feel like if anything, you're more like... I feel, a part of me wants to say like you become more like set in your ways. So it's easy to say no. But also I feel like you're. it's almost easier to also be like, yeah, fuck it. Yeah. You're more aware of giving in also. <laughs> yeah. Like... Yeah, I don't. I don't think. I don't think it ever really lessens. I just hope that over time you get to a point where you're. Because the question is, does it lessen? No, it doesn't. Yeah. But I think you can get stronger, and you're, you know, yeah. and who you are as a person, so you don't give in too easily. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah. Um. All right, and then she also asks, "What are your future life goals?" Go ahead, Mike. You go first. <laughs> uh, future life goals. Well, um, I feel like I've been spending the last like decade of my life basically recovering from uh, <laughs> trying to play in a punk rock band. Yeah. Um, so it's just been kind of like trying to get life back in order and everything. But I think for me, I'm at that place now where I, I, I think I, I, I mean, I don't think I know. I'm, I'm ready to kind of settle down like family, kids, you know, all this shit. But I'm also not in that mindset of, um, <clears throat> all right, fuck it, I need to do it now. Right. You know what I mean? Uh, it's, you know, I I guess like the, the headspace is that like I'm still working on building, you know, we're building a podcast. We're, I'm, we're building businesses. We're building, um, you know, the things that we are doing on the side with the end goal of like, being your own boss, right? So there's that. I, I don't want to work for anybody. I want to work for myself and I want to, um, you know, find a way to be independent and and I don't even need to be wealthy. I just want to be comfortable enough to, you know, yeah. like have fun with life um, and to be able to support and provide for a family. But kids are definitely like on the, on the, um, on the agenda, you know, that's kind of that's pretty much it. I'm very I'm a very simple man. Simple man. I'm simple man. I'm a complicated I'm a complicated complicated man. <laughs> uh, um, kind of the same way, you know. I like to. Uh, I think I'm in a spot where I feel like uh, I, I guess okay, future. I'd like to have a career or be in a line of work where. I either don't have a boss or I'm really enjoying what I'm doing. Yeah. Like truly enjoying. Yeah, or it's not work. Yeah. Um, and so that would be, that's like kind of my goal. I don't know what that looks like yet. I'm trying to, that's like one of my things right now. I'm trying to figure out like, what would that look like for me? Like, what does that truly look like? What kind of, what job would, would I feel like be happiest in, you know, or yeah. So do you think that's a therapist? Hmm? You think that's a therapist? I don't know. That's been, so that's okay. This is for everybody. Uh, I don't know if that would make me happy or if it's something I would just know I can do. Right. You know what I mean? That's what I've been struggling with. That's, that's like, so, and with that also, I enjoy aspects of it a lot. Like the no bragging rights side of what I do. Like I said, after the show, that's like my favorite part of why I do it. And so, um, yeah, so it's just, it's just, that's like kind of where I'm res what I'm wrestling with, but I want to be able to have, or be doing something that I truly enjoy doing, um, whatever that looks like. 
work wise. Uh, if I get, you know, I'd, obviously I like, like you said, I don't need to be rich or anything, but um, it would be nice to just be comfortable financially. I mean, I'll take being rich. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, if, hopefully we can get sponsors and, you I know. I just want a liquid death fridge. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Like back there. Something like that. Put it in the background. Um, and then, uh, and then, yeah. Um, I think kids are still on the table for me for now, you know, <laughs> I feel like I can still do that. Kids um, are still a thing. Yeah. But, uh, definitely would, you know, it'd be cool to kind of settle down, meet someone. Um, yeah, I clearly don't do the dating thing well. <laughs> so, uh, Hey, weird. I don't think either of us do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, um, yeah. So yeah, it'd be cool. Obviously settle down with somebody would be cool. I don't, um, but uh, I won't feel like a failure if I don't or if I don't have kids or whatever. I'm definitely okay with that. Being an uncle is freaking rad. But um, I don't know. I think it'd be cool. My, my thing, I guess, when I think about like a significant other is I just hope I find someone that uh, I just have fun doing things with. Like doesn't have to be like exotic, crazy things, but just like just someone that would be fun to do the, you know, like uh, anything like. Something a person that can make something I wouldn't want to do fun. What? <laughs> I just thought about that Family Guy clip with uh with um Stewie and Brian, and she's like, you know, uh, is that what gay is? Just two guys <laughs> having a good time because I could really get behind that. Dang. Oh man. Uh. Well. Yeah. So that's kind of. I mean. And then, yeah, I do have like, and then others, other goals, like, um, I would like to get to Japan, uh, one way or another with music or by myself or just to, I just want to get there. I want to get to Japan. Um, I don't know. I guess I have other just small goals that I'll, I'll keep, keep to myself for now. Some small goals that could be in the process of becoming reality. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Um, and and I guess like to touch on the future life goals thing too. I think that uh, I think another like life goal would be just to be able to um, travel more. Yeah, it's I I traveled a lot as a kid. Uh, I, you know, I kind of talked on the last episode with Joey mm-hmm. um, that my aunt worked for the airline, so I got to experience like a lot of really really cool places. But I, now I want to do I want to do that as an adult. I want, yeah, let me take that back. I want to do it as an adult and I want to do it with somebody that like, that truly wants to like go and experience it. Mm. Right. Like I don't want to go with like, you know, like family that's just like, oh yeah, cool. Like, let's go. I'll take you to these places. Like I want to be experiencing it for the first time with, you know, someone who's stoked to be. Yeah. Yeah. So. All right. Uh, I think you kind of answered this question already, but what kind of emotions were going through your mind before, during, and after the show? I think we talked about that a little bit. Yeah. Maybe. Who asked that one? But thanks, Chris. Chris, okay. Um, Frankie Terror, what advice, if any, would you give someone facing a family loss to try and stay strong and keep a positive mindset? Well, I literally went through this last week. Um, and uh, actually on... On Thursday? Thursday, yeah, Thursday. Uh, advice. I mean, it's hard to give advice 
for this stuff because it's you know um yeah i guess the one thing that i did say and that i was like kind of mentioning was just kind of reminding them that they are supported by a very loving family that they have a lot of support and that, you know they're you know they're blessed to have that um and then talking with uh was with uh one of my cousins just kind of how um actually they it wasn't even that i was giving advice they were telling me what they were doing and i thought i was like that is awesome like that's good uh he he said that you know it's almost like we're all taking turns being there for each other and i thought that was really cool you know because that's what it is you know like um you want to make sure that you're there for family you know or whoever's you know because it's like losses it's tough um and uh, what happened what happened like in our in our family is someone is someone young you know so it's just like it's never loss is never easy there's no you know right there's nothing good about it ever but uh it's it was um it was interesting to hear him say like you know just kind of they're all taking turns kind of being there for each other and then you know just let you know let them know like hey you know make sure that you're you're willing to be able to have you know it's okay for you to lean on someone too so it's kind of a cool idea that like you know the taking turns with with being there because you're like yeah hey give me a chance to kind of deal with these emotions and then once i've kind of coped like now i'm here for you type thing Mm -hmm. Um, or even just interchangeably back and forth it's kind of a cool concept yeah you know um all right uh does or do you feel like midlife crises are normal does everyone have one and how can you tell if you're in the midst of one uh, the answer is yes. I think I'm going through one right now. <laughs> and, uh, I don't, I mean, I guess, I don't know. I like, what would you consider a midlife crisis really? I don't know. What's the age range for midlife crisis? Where we are now. I think, is it? I think this in like 40 oh. or 50. I mean, I guess you could say that now too. It's like, I just played a hardcore show last night yeah. and my, yeah. I'm 38. So my, my calves hurt. <laughs> yeah. My left cheek hurts. <laughs> um, I think midlife crises are definitely real, but I don't, you know, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. Yeah. I, mean, I don't think, I think so either. I think it just depends on how you handle it. Right. right. Like, you know, the old, the age old thing of like having a midlife crisis is all oh, they just went out and bought like a Corvette and they're like yeah. trying to be young again. Right. But I also think that that kind of the mindset mentality has changed dramatically since you know since we were kids and, and people talked about the midlife crises. You know? Yeah, I think something. I don't know if this is helpful or like a detriment <clears throat> to it, but I feel like I feel like um, I feel like nostalgia is a lot more accessible. Yeah, like like to be like because you know you hear like oh the whatever yeah like you said they go out and they bought like the car that they had in high school or like they like hit up you know their old high school buddies and they do something stupid or like i don't know like all kind of stuff and i but i feel like maybe the access to nostalgia is a lot easier for people like you know it's easier to get a hold of like digital anything like yearbooks or or stay in touch i don't know um you know a lot of our shows you can find them on like YouTube and stuff like you're watching or whatever it is. Like, um, 
Yeah, there's. I feel like there's just more access to things. So I don't know if that is helpful or if that's worse. But um, I also think that like there's something to say about social media and um, seeing people's perfect lives that mm. you know it's almost like you're not really going through a midlife crisis you're just always trying to keep up with the joneses these mm. days you know so um <clears throat> i i'm pulling up because i just want to get like a, a definition okay. of midlife crisis and it says that it's a period of emotional turmoil in middle age characterized especially I was going to say, specifically, <laughs> characterized especially by a strong desire for change. Mm. So I guess in that sense, you kind of, I guess you kind of know if you're experiencing a moment where you're like, I need to make things different. I need to change something. I need to change my life. I need mm -hmm. to change my appearance. I need to change my, you know. Yeah. Um, and nowadays, I don't. I, I think that happens more often than just a midlife crisis. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of decisions to be made. Like in a. Yeah. I don't. I don't think there's midlife crises anymore. I think there's just always a life in crisis. <laughs> <laughs> just deal with it. Yeah, my life is constantly in crisis. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um. Melly Mel 928, how did you feel last night seeing some raw emotion after your speech um, or during your speech while performing the second to last song? Always forget the song title. That was Bravehearts, right? Uh, she said it was Hope Theory. It was Hope Theory. Yeah, right? so later on, I remember her saying that. Um, I talked before Hope Theory. Uh, so honestly, I don't, it's hard for me to really see and I kind of make it a point to not really focus. If I see emotion on people's faces, I almost have to not like process it right away. Cause then it would, I, it would be hard. It would stop me almost or probably throw me off. Like, so when I'm talking, I'm very, I can make eye contact with people. Sure. Like I, I, I try to, you know, I speak to people when I do this for sure. Um, but in the moment I'm not, I'm not recognizing maybe the raw emotion. Um, I did, I'm not, I did watch, uh, some videos back and I could see it on people's faces. So sitting, so stepping back, like that's, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's crazy to have to, you know, cause I say what I say cause I feel like it's important. You know, I don't need clapping. I don't need tears. I don't need any of that. Cause like, it's, you know, a lot of what I'm saying, it's like, it's also for me, like this all started cause I was venting. Yeah. This all started because I was feeling a certain way about what happened. And then eventually it morphed into what I'm doing now and becomes more of like a, you know, a, uh, just a, I don't know what to call it, <clears throat> call to action in some way. But, um, I will say that your your speeches, right? You're talking. Um, you've found a way to make it like it's a hardcore show, but there's like an there's something eloquent about it. Because and I realized it last night because there was another band that played earlier on in the day. I don't know if you caught this or not. Mm -hmm. It was right when we were eating pizza. Yeah. And one of the bands, the dude was like, <laughs> he was like, this song's about suicide. And if you ever felt fucking sad, or like you wanted to fucking commit suicide, 
fucking don't do it. And yeah. I was like, yo, I appreciate the message behind this. Yeah, like, same. Like, I, I was, like, I was like, this is sick. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely, definitely gave him a good clap for that. I was like, yeah, dude. But hearing like the difference between just a straight up tough, like, hey, dude, don't fucking kill yourself, which sometimes that helps. Sometimes that's like, yeah, what you need. You need like a punch in the face. Um, but like hearing that versus like the way that you talk during shows, during sets and everything, it, I was like, oh, okay. There, there is like a certain level of, of eloquence to the way that you tell the stories and talk. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can see that resonate on people's faces too, when they're really, um, into it. Um, so pro tip, if you guys ever go to an NBR show and you want Mike's attention, just full on cry at the very front, <laughs> full on, <laughs> let no, him but go. I, I didn't but, even, <laughs> I didn't even really notice it until I watched it afterwards, you know, cause I'm so, there, I don't think there was full on crying. Was there? Yeah. Uh, not, I mean, not that I saw, I just saw like some of that stuff, you know, the punching tears away. Um, but even when I'm a, a, a like I have. Okay, so take that back. I have had moments where, you know, I've looked out on the floor and I've seen like good guys huddled. Yeah. Because they're like consoling one of their friends. Um, I've definitely seen stuff like that. Where I've looked down, obviously, I've seen. Or like people, somebody's holding their friend up. Yeah. Supporting or like they're just like, it's just like happening and I see it. Um, while in the moment, whether I see it or not, I guess, I just, it's, I, it's hard for me to process because I'm so into what's, what I'm saying. Um, and, uh, I think, so I think if I, allowed, if I really like, if I really like took it, took it like, who's like, who's crying, who's, you know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like it would, it would be distracting or stop crying. Yeah. Hey, don't cry. Um, but I mean, I, I appreciate it, you know? And I think again, that's feel like it's brave cause that's real. It's a real emotion. Um, like, um, yeah, it, it definitely, it definitely hits me. Um, like I said, it's not just hits me in general. You know, I don't, I don't like that. I have to say that every night, you know? Yeah. So it's like, yeah. but it's, it, it means a lot that people are listening enough to take it in that way. And that whether it's someone hearing it for the first time or someone who's heard it a million times, you know, it's cool that, uh, you know, that we're received well, you know, I don't, I've never been heckled. Um, Challenge accepted. Yeah, I've I've been completely <laughs> shit on on a someone's uh, YouTube channel for sure. Really? Oh yeah. Have you not seen that? No. Oh my gosh, I'll show you. I get ripped apart in someone's YouTube channel. He rips me apart. About what? About talking about what I talk about. Why? You call you like because you call me a pussy <laughs> for like sharing this stuff. He also like it's it's kind of in, I don't know. You, I'll show you. <laughs> Is it a joke or is it like, uh, or is he a sad boy? You know, he's just, he's just very black metal. I see. I'll leave like, I'll leave him that. So a part of me is just like, yeah, man, we're not for you. Yeah. We're not for you. You know, he's like, I want, I want, I want songs about like, like babies getting their heads kicked in or something like that. Like I want songs about clubbing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, so yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, what's the question? Um, Seeing the emotions afterwards, it is, you know, it, it's, uh, it's, I don't know how to describe the feeling. I really don't because a lot is happening in that moment because I'm sharing. It's hard for me to share. And then the song itself is hard for me to do 
and it got even harder when it because what people what people think uh, I wrote that song after Will, or sorry, people think uh, we lost Will and then I wrote the song. Yeah, and that's not what happened. I read, I already, I read, I already, I had already written the song, and um, and then found out that our buddy Will passed away, and so the song was already a challenging one because it was me wanting to be that annoying, you know, digging in to when I'm trying to tell someone about, you know, you know, seeing the positivity in their life or being that positive person in their life and then being reluctant to it. And just like that encouragement of like, dude, things will get better. Like, don't give up. Don't lose hope. Like things are gonna get better. So like that was already a pretty emotional song for me as I was writing it because I had so many I think friends in mind who I loved and encourage, you know, who I, like that, that's, that, that song is real. I have, I've had, <laughs> I still have friends that every now and then will be like, I don't need to hear this right now. Yeah. I don't need your positivity for this. I don't need to hear hope right now and blah, blah, blah. And I like, I respect it, but at the same time, I don't leave it. I, I, I dig in and I'll just be like, I've seen change. Like, and you're, there's, you know, people don't realize you're, 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 it, it's, it could be, it could be changed. You're, you're one mindset change away from like something dramatically changing in your life over time. It doesn't have to be fast. It's never fast. It's thing too. A lot of this stuff isn't fast, you know? And so, so, so hope theory was already a difficult song for me just because I've had these difficult conversations you know, there is in the actual song telling people not to like lose hope, you know, and then so losing will, it's hard. It's a hard song. It's just, it's already a hard song for me. So, uh, talking beforehand, the actual song, um, you know, so yeah, it's seeing emotions, I guess I'm in it too. So I guess it's like, I guess I'm almost like a kindred spirit with somebody if they're, if they're feeling like they're teary eyed cause I am too, I guess at that point. So, uh, it's humbling that we can pull that um, raw emotion and that someone can feel what we're saying and doing on that level. Like, I don't, I don't know how to really describe it other than just like, it's, it's humbling. Yeah. Um, so this, this might be a tough one to answer. Uh, Frankie asked favorite punk band. Um, (laughs) favorite punk band overall favorite punk band and what album got you into them this is hard because like and i don't it's hard to have an overall favorite punk band because like it's hard like i'm gonna just say i'm gonna cheat i know i'm gonna cheat i'm gonna just say a couple punk bands and the albums that like changed my life i guess in that sense um so one of the first ones I just became like obsessed with was MXPX's album Life in General. That was such a big album for me. Even if, but actually before that was Green Day Dookie. That was like my introduction to this, to the punk rock and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then it was well then it was I think actually then it was Punk and Drublick for no effects. And then it was Life in General, MXPX. And then uh Strung Out, uh Twisted by Design. Or Suburban Teenage Wasteland. Actually, both of those albums, Suburban Teenage Wasteland. Those albums are just like, like from the four albums I just listed, my life would be very different if those albums didn't exist. That's fair. Yeah. 
So yeah, I guess I'll just go with that. You know, there's a ton more. Uh, I don't, I don't know if I can really answer this because to be honest, I didn't really grow up. I didn't grow up like on punk rock. I, I actually got more in, into it once creative void started because I was with Jake and Steve. And then that's when I, you know, that's when I really started listening to like, um, strung out propaganda, you know, um, but they I would, both have strung out tattoos by the way, yeah. Steve and, uh, yeah. and Jake. And then, um, so for, I guess for me, like, I, I don't even know if it counts or not, but like, I guess the most punk influence I had growing up was probably shit like the early offspring albums and like blink 182, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, newfound glory, stuff like that. So, um, as far as like records go, like, I feel like they're just, I, I've never been like a, I, a, I've never been a full album guy. Like I've always liked songs and singles, mm-hmm. but I've never been like a, this entire album or entire record changed my life. Um, yeah, same. But that's why for me, the ones yeah. I listed are the only ones that can really come like off the top of my head yeah. that at least for punk rock, evil empire, uh, from Rage, Rage Against the Machine, uh, Maroon 5, Songs About Jane. <laughs> Bangers. 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 <clears throat> Wait, what, so, okay, so if, it, so if it wasn't punk for you, what's the first heavy or just rock or whatever uh, album that kind of uh, got you into it? What was the question? What was your favorite overall? We'll just insert, uh, we'll just say heavy. album that got you into them so i think what uh for me it was early like actually early evergreen terrace like that that actually like that that no donnie these men are nihilist 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 Um, like that was like that was probably what if i remember right was one of the first like breakdowns that i like really listened to i was like oh oh (laughs) because like i came from like my dad was into classic rock and then I was into hip hop and R and B and stuff like that. And then, so finding that, finding this like whole scene and this whole type of music, like I came about this in a completely different path. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as far as heavy stuff goes, like I really, I think what really got me into the heavier stuff was like Asley dying. Like that, like one of the, like old 94 hours and like that song still the song still rips yeah you know and um yeah and, and that was like really because i got more into i guess metalcore um before discovering like straight hardcore and like punk and mm. stuff like that other than like the like pop punk shit that you would hear on the radio or or you know like i said like the blink 182s um yeah. you know so it for me it was like a a big wider circle like I didn't get into punk until I was older, yeah. but and even still to this day I still discover bands that I'm like like I I wasn't even a big Ignite fan until like maybe in the past couple of years, you know. Yeah, I've never really thought to send you punk bands. Yeah, challenge accepted. You should challenge accepted. <laughs> so, yeah. Um. <clears throat> What was your first and best hardcore show you've ever attended? <laughs> I have an answer for this, but it wasn't my first hardcore show. But it was our first show as Creative Void. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> dude, that was such a good show. Uh, it wasn't my first ever hardcore show, but it was my first show 
playing with this band. Um, Who's on that bill, Michael? That show was, it was us opening uh, up in San Jose. And then it was Terror, Stick to Your Guns, The Warriors. Who else was on that show? I think that was it, dude. It was just those three and us? Yeah, I think so. It was like insane. What the fuck? I just, like, I remember, and you know, like, I'd been a huge Terror fan for forever. I I think I had just started really listening to Stick to Your Guns, and I was I was all about it. Um, and I just remember going, first Jake telling us the show that he'd booked. He's like, hey, I booked our first show up in San Jose. And we were like, San Jose, the rest of us are from Southern California, Jake. And he's yeah. like, here's the lineup. And we were like, all right, we'll see you soon. We'll be guess, who went, guess who went with them? <laughs> That's right. I was like... Fuck you guys! Are you kidding me? That's your first show. It was a really, uh, it was a really cool show. We played in like a, it was like, was it a? It was like a, it was a, like a gym, a gym, yeah. which made it even more fitting that Jake wore a white shorts <laughs> and a white tank top. You <laughs> went angeled out, dude. Uh, dude, Jake is Jake's so fucking. Funny, Jake's dude. the man. <clears throat> yeah, so I, I'm trying to think. I don't, I don't know if I can. Rem I remember my first hardcore show. I remember mine because it was on accident. Uh, Ryan Seavers is too, I'm sure. We, so we used to, so this is like, we were in high school. This is like getting dropped off at showcase days. Like yeah. we were that young. And so we would go every weekend that we had money and enough money to go, you know, we would go. And so we just like, just happened to go on a night where there was like, it was like a straight edge hardcore thing. I had no idea what either of the things those were hardcore or straight edge. Um, and we saw a band from Salt Lake City called Clear. Mm. And it's funny because sometimes when I mention that to people, they're like, you saw Clear? I'm like, yeah. Like, How old are you? Yeah, I did. I was really young and I was terrified. I know Ryan was too. Whatever he says, he was he was terrified as well. That was one of the shows where we spent the entire time in the balcony. Really? <laughs> yeah, 100%. <laughs> I remember just being like, what is happening and like we're stuck there. It's not like we had a cell phone to like call. We're like, hey, we're ready to come home. But it was. But I remember being like, I remember being like terrified beyond belief, but so fascinated. Yeah. Because the energy, I was just like, dude, this is, this is crazy. Yeah. Um, it was a little too much too early for me when I was like that young. But yeah, that was. They were definitely the headliners. We definitely stayed for them. I'm curious to who else who else is on that bill. I'd probably be shocked and be like, "Oh, I guess I have seen that band." Yeah, um, that's that's how I felt about um, seeing. I think it was like Madball and H two O. I forget where I was. I, I I remember seeing them somewhere and then just like not really thinking about it. And then years later, playing with Madball and H two O and being like, "Oh fuck, I've seen these dudes play live." You know, yeah. I actually remember a a, a sick. Uh, show that I went to like right when I moved out here from Atlanta and when I was in high school, I, mm. I saw a throwdown at showcase. Mm. I forget who else was on the bill, but it was insane. Yeah. It was insane. I, I remember seeing throwdown a couple years later and they were kind of, they're like my reintroduction into like hardcore and being like, Oh, this is like, like spin kicking and like straight swinging. Yeah. Like, Oh, that's an actual thing. It wasn't just, that clear show. This is like what you guys do in this shit. Like, yeah, I, 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 I would, I guess I could say now that I think about it, Throwdown was probably like a pretty big influence on me musically. 
because I, I'm not the whole straight edge thing, but just their music in general, because it was kind of thrashy. But it was oh, also like, friend. yeah, for my family forever. Then <laughs> um, they went super, oh, super metal after that. Um, Throwdown played with Thrice at Showcase. Probably, dude. Throwdown played. Throwdown played with everybody at Showcase. Yeah. Like, yeah. but that was back. Like, that was like what was cool. It was one Early two thousand. Yeah, he yeah. didn't appreciate it until it was over with. But like, some crazy like mixed bills, which were rad. Well, yeah, because there were so few bands to really pull, it would just be like, yeah. all right, like, who has sounds that are similar enough that people listen to both bands or or all three bands or whatever. Mm -hmm. So. <clears throat> like people it's funny like someone if you tell them like oh yeah I've saw, i saw 18 visions and bleeding through and yeah. the same show i'm like yeah a couple times yeah dude, a lot <laughs> like yeah but then now looking back at both of those bands you're like yeah they fit together really yeah. well yeah or like some of the christian like hardcore bands or metalcore bands or even call them like yeah but um I, so I, okay so this isn't my this isn't my favorite hardcore show because I, I can't really i don't know of one anything that involved probably comeback kid or like yeah but um one of my memorable hardcore shows uh so i i experienced you know, like i said i've experienced bands like clear I experienced throwdown uh and then like i'd kind of you know then every now and then you just you find you know there's hardcore bands on different bills and stuff but i remember going to san diego with my girlfriend at the time and her kind of like warning me about like the kind of show we were going to and I, at this point I knew what hardcore was. I was like, I was like aware enough to be like, oh yeah, that's this. I guess I didn't totally know. Like, anyway. And I was like, no, I get it. I'm going to, I'm going to, um, I know where to stand. She's like, no, no, no. Like when, when this band starts, like we need to be like, for you especially, for me, she's worried, she's worried about me. She goes, babe, stand behind me. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, and so she was just like, trust me, you want to, you don't want to be like anywhere near like the, the pit or the the wall. Cause it was like a warehouse or something that they were playing in. And in my mind, I'm like, okay, like I've been to shows before I've been, I know they're going to do the, I know they're going to do the moshing, the hardcore dancing stuff. Yeah. I'm well aware of this. You're like, I know they're going to eat the soup and they're going to uh, <laughs> you know, do the windmill. Yeah. I know. They're going to spin kick. Yes. I know all this <laughs> two steps you know yeah uh so i went to see donnie brook and uh that was my first time <laughs> experiencing, <laughs> experiencing donnie brook and uh it left an impression on me almost literally because like freaking <laughs> yeah uh it was wild it was a wild show um and i was like i stood corrected i was like oh shit okay this is like this is this, cool. is, this is pretty wild yeah um but yeah, so that was that. I'll never forget that. My first time seeing Donnie Brook. Uh, all right, Lil Fetus. Do you like raccoons? I hit a raccoon with a rake off my roof last night. He ate my shingles. <laughs> Why don't you go ahead and stand up and show him your shirt? <laughs> Support your local street cats, you know? I don't know if you guys can tell that Mike. Trash pandas. Mike really does love, love trash pandas. Thank you, thank you, Megan Golden, for this. Um, what's the question? Do I like raccoons? <laughs> nah. Moving on. <laughs> and how dare you? How dare you hit a raccoon with your with your rake, dude? Oh, okay. Sorry, this is really, okay. I get it. Grab it with its thumbs. <laughs> I know. 
Imagine like, <laughs> like <laughs> no. Um, okay, I don't think I've ever mentioned this to anybody ever, but somewhere on YouTube, I got into a fight on like. <laughs> like no, you didn't. In the, chat. In the comment section. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so real. There's a video. Of this guy, and mind you, I did. I I, st- I came at this joking, but then at the same time, I remembered we're on. This is the fucking internet, so I didn't care. And so the video of like is the guy who like his the, a raccoon like I think attacks his dog, uh-huh. and so he throws a raccoon off. Like they're on this, they're on like a they're on like like a second floor of their apartment, and then he like picks up the raccoon and he like throws it off the roof. And so I said something along the lines of like, throw yourself off the roof. Dickhead or something. I don't know. <laughs> and then I can't remember. I think it might have been it might have been the person who posted the video. And upset with you? Yeah. And he's like, you attacked my dog, like you asshole. And I was like, and I just, I was just like <laughs> I don't know, I said something stupid. I was being really I was being super I was just this was a long time ago, people. Like it was a long like time ago. Six different. months ago. I'm different now. Mike um, Perez and his online trolling. Yeah, I did. I uh, trolled him so hard. Uh, I was just like, get a, get a better dog or something. Or like, what did your dog do to provoke it? <laughs> just being so ridiculous, going back and forth. <laughs> so, yeah, that happened. <clears throat> um, all right. Uh, any Bay Area show plans? Um, possibly. The best I can give right now. Leave it at that. Yeah. <clears throat> Uh, have you ever felt overwhelmed during a show and felt like you couldn't go on because you felt like you couldn't give the fans who came to see you 100%? Um, I don't know that I've ever felt overwhelmed to not play. I have been super sick to the point where I was like, dude, I'm going to, it's going to be rough. Like this is going to be rough. I don't even know if you will sing. I've been there too. Yeah. So I've had that. Um, I've had like, and uh, Sydney, Australia, my voice was completely out. I couldn't even scream. That's how, that's how, that's how tired and just worn out I was. Uh, it was like the second show of this, of because like in Australia, you, it's not uncommon to play two shows. And my voice basically went out in the first show. So by the second show, I couldn't even scream. I was, I was just standing up there looking probably sad and defeated. <laughs> um, yeah, overwhelmed. I don't, I don't think so. I mean, we've had like, I've had bad things happen to me on tour, but if anything, it's almost like, get me to the stage. Yeah. Like get me on stage. This is how I, this is how I cope. Yeah. Good question though. Um, first time or caught you guys last night cycles. That one was deep respect. I too am that father breaking cycles. Keep doing your thing. That's awesome. That's fucking rad, dude. Who's that? Uh, Steven, Steven Soriano, 13. That's hard. Ennis, <clears throat> uh, we actually talked about your question. Uh, like you actually sent it directly to our page, which is rad. Yeah, but thank you. Will we read it? I've been going through a pretty rough mental state recently, and I've been listening to you guys a lot. Thanks for helping me stay sane. <clears throat> um, let's see. Uh, Ty asks. Well, let me ask the question. If you can pick any two villains from any comic to fight, which would you, which two would you pick and who do you think would win? Mm. This is a tough one. 
Doctor Doom. Okay. I'm trying to think of like, because it's like it'd be weird to have Doctor Doom against like Galactus, right? I guess. I mean, I I mean, I feel like they had they did have actually I think they do fight <laughs> when Doctor Doom is all powered up, but uh. I'm going to say Dr. Doom and shit. It's hard. Go. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick a random one just because I think it would be gnarly to see them fight. I'm going to go with Killer Croc and King Shark. Cool. Just because I feel Fun. like that'd be like a gnarly, like, just like rampage rumble yeah kind of thing. that's fun yeah see i kind of screw because I, I just want to see dr doom period but i'm trying to think of who else he would match with like in a good like <clears throat> magical take not apocalypse yeah who would win dr doom <laughs> yeah <laughs> i think i think king shark would beat killer croc and yeah i think so too but Thank there's you. there's so many matchups we could do. We need to do a villain matchups uh, uh, segment. Ty, next week when you c- come show up and you're not being a uh, <clears throat> what's that? What's that animal? Uh, yeah. Maybe next week. Maybe next week. <laughs> um, how do you feel knowing some of these questions are coming from people sitting on the toilet or possibly <laughs> sitting in a bubble bath with candles? Listening to Never Gonna Give You Up. <laughs> Listen, that is the most beautiful thing I've ever visualized or thought of in my life. <laughs> and I wholeheartedly appreciate that. That being said, if you're sent in the question while you're on the toilet, let us know next time. Hey, wherever you feel safe. Bubble bath, let us know. Do Listen to this podcast or sending in questions. Yeah. Which, I mean reading that question it feels like there's a, a bar that needs a song to be sent to them i, I thought about that because i have a friend who's <laughs> out right now <laughs> but i'm too far away oh uh, too far away that's funny um all right brandon chasing sun's photo with because you believe in something uh turning 15 years old last year how do you feel about it in retrospect and is there a particular memory from recording that stands out as being special. Yeah, so Because You Believe was our first full-length album that we released ourselves because nobody wanted to release it. <laughs> um, we found that fucking 38-layer harmony. Hell yeah. Um, so, okay, okay, so a story about that was we'd finished the album. Pretty sure I was into vocals already. And then the hard drive Crash. crashed. <laughs> And to our buddy's credit, who was recording us, he tried really hard to like get it fixed and he just he couldn't. And I think it might've been too much, too much money. Yeah. And, um, and so all that said, we had to re-record the album, like the whole thing. We had to re-record it. And then. Didn't he, didn't he charge you to re-record it too? Did he? <laughs> Probably. Cause he was out like a ton of money. I think was, that was the, yeah. Is that what it was? Dustin <laughs> Oh he, Dustin He's so cool I went on this like long So Dustin He used, he used to have a Studio called Blue Room And then he, And then eventually Zombie mm-hmm. Here in Riverside 
And I do. I wonder what he's up to, man. I miss that dude. I I, I actually went on like a long deep dive looking for him. Do you remember that? Him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, if anyone knows Dustin, Thomas said, "What's up? Been a minute." Um, but that was such. It, but even though that happened, that sucked really bad. It was still like a crazy process because it was like, in a way, the like if you want to be a positive, you can spin this in a positive way. Even though this is not how it went down. You could almost say like, oh, well, you spent, like we did pre-production. Yeah, that's fair. But it wasn't like that at all. It was rushed as shit. <laughs> um, what was the first part of that? Uh, how do you feel about it in retrospect? And is there a particular memory from recording? Oh, yeah. No, it just, it definitely puts me into a time. Like that was definitely 2005. <laughs> like there's a lot, there's things happening in my life that are specifically written about on that album. Yeah. I just leave it with that. <laughs> <laughs> because you believe it's inspired by the Animatrix or the Matrix, however you want to, you want to get it. Uh, Lucy Ford, for those who didn't go to Tough Love, missed an amazing show. Thank You're you. Right. Uh, Vanilla Gorilla, 24 fit, Ty. If you don't go, you weak. I'm just saying, Ty. Uh-huh. <clears throat> uh, is there different preparations for an NBR show versus a burner state show. Yes. <laughs> a lot. Yeah. I just have to make sure that, uh, it's just different. My type of like, uh, warmups are like way more, they, they just have to, they're way more intense cause I'm screaming and I just have to, uh, I stretch a lot more for NBR, which I, which I'm happy that like, I remembered that cause my goodness, I would be dying today. Yeah, because that stomp would have hurt you. Yeah. Actually, I think that stomp is why your left, your butt cheeks hurting. Because <laughs> you didn't do any more stomps after that. <laughs> Yo, what's up, we're Brian Rice. Mm. Pulled, pulled muscle. Dude. And also, <laughs> and not that anyone cares, but uh, I wear, for the last couple of years of touring, I would start wearing just like like running shoes, like Nikes. Because of that, like stomping freaking hurts your feet. I, I remember. Okay, so yeah, I fucked up last night, dude. At practice, it's in a car. It's on carpet. Yeah. Like the studio, like we were rehearsing at, it's on carpet. Yeah. So and not like I'm, I'm not going hard, but there was a couple times where I, you know, kind of get into it, whatever. And I was like quickly reminded on like literally my first like getting into it. I was like, ah, that like I'm gonna feel that. I'm gonna feel. That. I'm gonna feel that like tomorrow. Um. Yeah, there's a reason why I don't wear Vans or Converse on stage. I was reminded last night, but it was just one show, so I'm fine. If this was a tour, though, no. Puts out my eye. Cortez. <laughs> Get you in some Air Maxes, dude. Air Maxes. Um, let's see. We're gonna we're gonna skip that one said something about festivals she sent you a message so you're gonna have to okay that yeah, yeah. later thank, thank you frankie mm-hmm. um ns was stoked that you pronounced his name correctly on the first shot yeah um question for both mics do you get more nervous playing in front of friends or family uh it's i think it's kind of the same for anybody for in front of everybody yeah for me at least yeah i, don't... I get nervous in karaoke 
That's the only time I get nervous. <laughs> Performing. Or acoustic. Acoustic stuff. I get pretty nervous, I think. Yeah. yeah. Uh, engaged? Question mark. We need that story. Do we have time for that story? We don't have time. I'm going to just say I was engaged in 2006. Mm-hmm. And then I was no longer engaged in 2007. That's fair. It's a fair, it's a fair breakdown. That's, of all that you story. That's all you know. If you want to know more. Walkingblindpod at gmail.com. Yeah. <laughs> send in your questions. Send in your questions. Maybe I'll answer there. Uh, one thing I noticed on the live feed last night was so many people said, Mike is such a humble, down-to-earth guy. How does that make you feel knowing your voice has helped people get through difficult times? That's rad. Thank you whoever said that. Um, I don't know. It's, again, tumbling. It's crazy it's to think that people can resonate with what you say, you know, in general. So I'm thankful and I'm just happy that our music is something that's positive for people. Sick. Um, Lucy Ford again, my first time seeing you guys. Oh, hold on. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm so happy. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm also, I feel like I'm down to earth because I'm in a hardcore band <laughs> and I, you know, I work at a coffee shop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? There's not really much rock star mentality around these parts. Nope. <clears throat> Sorry. Uh, my first, uh, yeah, Lucy, my first time seeing you guys this weekend. I'm so happy. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for, thank you for watching us. Thank you for watching NBR. <laughs> How did both of you guys feel the first time you got noticed out in public by a fan? So I've gotten, I've gotten a lot better at this, but I first used to almost interrogate people. How do you, how do you know my band? Do you like, know who I am? How do you know my band? <laughs> and then they're like, what? Like, I, you know, blah, blah. I'm like from where? Like, where'd you see us? Or like, wait, how'd you, wait, how'd you get our CD? You know, like, or yeah, I used to be such a freaking weirdo. Cause I was like, so like, I was genuinely like confused. Yeah. Like how the hell, you know, I don't know. So that was, uh, yeah. <clears throat> It's not, it just, it doesn't happen very often for me, but I will say that I do get recognized a lot as one of the members of NBR, depending on who I'm hanging out with. <laughs> <laughs> so if I'm hanging out with Martin and people will hear my name is Mike, they go like, wait, Mike, from, uh, no. or I'll be hanging out with Mike and then people will think I'm Martin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've, seen it. <laughs> I've seen it happen. It's That's funny. It's definitely an odd thing. I, yeah, I mean. One time we decided to just roll with it, and then I felt guilty halfway through, so I was like, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) What I think has been cool, and like in the last couple months, the amount of time people have been like, like you're like Mike from Creative Void, right? Yeah, that's weird that that's happened. It's happened quite a bit in the Um, last couple months. It's a funny story. Uh, So Billy from Destruction of a King... um, and and low love has been jamming with us it's my boy you know and i don't i mean i don't really talk about i mean i talk about the past and stuff on the podcast but i don't really talk about it um you know just in normal everyday life yeah same homies right <laughs> like I, I don't bring it up and last night billy goes i didn't know you were in creative void and i was like what he's like i didn't know you were in creative void and i was like oh yeah dude <laughs> And he's like, Steve too, right? And I was like, yeah. He goes, what the fuck, man? <laughs> and he actually said he was listening to the podcast, and that's how he figured it out. Oh, no way. So, dude, thank dude. you so much for listening. Thank I, you, I Billy. I love you, man. He's such a good dude. 
But yeah, the, what do they call him? Punk rock, punk rock, Mister Punk Rock, Mister Rogers. <laughs> Is that what they call? Him? So that's someone said that. Uh, I did. I have no idea. Uh, that's cool. That's news to me though. But yeah, it is weird. I have gotten that a couple times lately. Even just at the show, it happened. We were standing by the merch table. Yeah, I, I was yeah. there for that. It's weird. So, I don't know. Uh, getting noticed in public. I guess there, it, that's got to be different, right? Getting noticed at shows is one thing because it's part of the scene. Yeah. Right? But getting noticed actually out in public, I don't, I don't know. I don't that. I guess, yeah, at a coffee shop once. Yeah, I had someone get kind of excited at the at, when I was at, when I first started at Daily Brew. And I felt kind of bad afterwards because I was like, dude, I'm serving you coffee. It's not that it's like, it's okay. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's really excited, man. Um, and then uh, one of the funny ones was when we were in Alabama. We were in, uh, oh, where's Gideon from? Uh, okay. It was a, it, we were playing with Gideon. It was like a home show and we were at, we were at Taco Bell and it was just like, you know, it was like hours before the show, just at a random Taco Bell. Tuscaloosa. Tuscaloosa? Alabama. What's close to that? <laughs> What's one of the bigger cities? Maybe it was that. Who knows? Anyway. Um, but, uh, so we're playing and, um, Oh, sorry, we're at Taco Bell, and then this like group of kids come up to us, and they go, "Are you guys on bragging rights?" Birmingham, 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 and so these kids come up to us, and they're like, "Are you, are you guys on no bragging rights?" And we were like, "Yeah, like, oh my gosh, like this is crazy, what are you guys doing here?" It's like, "Oh, we're actually playing with Gideon like tonight," and they're like, "Oh, you guys are on that show?" It's like, "Yeah," and then I remember like we were feeling really cool, and I think it was Christian who like was like. They like one knew we were on the show. Two were probably the only Mexicans that I've seen in like the last like half hour, <laughs> you know, like or the only people of color in the last half hour, like in the area we were at. And so that was cool. And then Christian kind of <laughs> kind of ruined it, being like, "That's come on, we we look like." I don't I don't know why that just sparked. Um, <clears throat> so I had this was after Warped, um, after I worked at Atticus, and of course, like you know you leave with a bunch of gear and, mm-hmm. like that. and one of the coolest things I walked out with was this like all black Atticus button up. Mm. Right. Like, and, uh, I, I had to fly back to, <clears throat> I had to fly back to Atlanta for something. Um, but like, I didn't, I didn't fly to Atlanta. I flew somewhere else and we were driving in. I think, I think this was right around the time when my dad had messed up his leg. My timelines might be off, but mm-hmm. so anyway, so I, I fly back and of course I'm like, you know, warp tour, you have a tendency to lose weight. So I'm like a lot slimmer. So I'm wearing this tight black shirt, black jeans, black bands, just looking all just, good, just looking, no, but just looking like a, like a, like a metalcore kid, like straight <laughs> up. Right. Yeah. And I walk into a waffle house, I think in Virginia or something like that. Uh, I was, cause I know I was in one of the surrounding states, but not in Atlanta. And it was like the record stop. Like, and everybody like in that waffle house, like looked at me like, what the fuck? Who's this guy? Hey, who's this guy? And I just like, I, I walked up and I was just like, um, 
can I get a uh, can I get a double Texas cheesesteak plate scattered smothered covered chunk like and then it was just like oh, okay everybody just uh, that's what they're doing <laughs> eating oh he probably was at a funeral <laughs> yeah I mean, this this little brown boy must have been in a funeral you know because <laughs> yeah I don't know I think I'm pretty sure that was right around the same time because uh, my dad slipped on ice and had shattered his femur Ooh. and couldn't um, couldn't he he couldn't fly back. So we rented a van and drove back. Like I flew to where he was. We picked him up and drove back to Georgia. Dang. Because uh, he needed a place to like prop his leg up. So, yeah. That sounds ridiculously painful. He still, he keeps, now that the rod is out of his leg, he keeps the metal rod um, like in a dis, on a display in the, in the <laughs> living room. Sick. I would too. <laughs> um. All right, uh, Martin James. One more thing. What's up with that? It should have been. What are the what odds? Are the odds? <laughs> if you if you know you know. Mm-hmm. If you know you know. <clears throat> uh, have you ever played a show depressed? Yes. <laughs> this is the last question. Okay. Have you ever played a show depressed all the time, bud? Yeah, um, definitely. Um. <laughs> I mean, I can't think of a time where it was like overwhelming, overwhelmingly or crippling. Uh, because like I said, for me, it was kind of like the sooner I get to the States, the better. Yeah. Because then that's like my coping. That's my time to heal and process, you know. It's, so, um, yeah, so definitely have. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I definitely have uh, a couple times. Mm-hmm. And it's just like. You have, I, I guess you kind of use it as fuel, mm-hmm. um, you know, to kind of just drive you and keep you going. But uh, yeah, yeah, and and <clears throat> for me, I'll go up, and then it like turns off while I'm on stage, mm. and then it kind of just turns back on once we're done. Yeah. So pause. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, the whole even the whole will thing. Like just feeling super guilty and everything. Like once, but once we started playing, it was, I felt like it was good. Maybe hope theory is when it comes back on. And then I don't know, but yeah, definitely have. Uh, that's it. That's all we got for questions. Cool. Anything else? Anything uh, else we're trying to plug. Make sure you guys check out the uh, Walking Blind Pod Instagram at Walking Blind Pod Instagram, uh, Twitter. Do we ever update Twitter? I haven't in a minute. Uh, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Uh, mm-hmm. The TikTok page needs some followers. Mike needs to start doing more duets and remixes on that. I'm down. I think now that the show is done, we can like focus. We're gonna on have more else. time to focus on on things that mm-hmm. yeah. I made so many video. It's like not even that many, but like promotional stuff for like the podcast, and then the show's coming up. And what people don't understand is it takes me forever. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. For for you guys that have followed along in this whole process, Mike has been the one. Mike is the one now that clips the the video and then puts up the clips on you know TikTok, Instagram, and edits them. And Mike's editing skills have progressed so much that I overheard a conversation this morning with him and Martin 
<laughs> where he was like, hey, you know, whatever uh, videos you see, if you were tagged on them, just like, you know, send them to me and I'll screen record them and I'll make sure that we can, <laughs> you know, get the edit right. And, and, you know, we can make sure that we get a, you know, a cool little edit going of the footage. <laughs> and I was like, all right. Who am I? Mike's a videographer now. <laughs> Oh, so good. Somewhere, any any true videographers watching this and being like, <laughs> "Sorry, Joe." Yeah, I'm like the, I'm like the paint version of art. <laughs> but um, well, yeah, and then yeah. Uh, also remember, we do have walkingblindpod at gmail dot com. Um, we do plan to line up some more guests coming in. Uh, so we yeah. have some cool things in the works. And, uh, yeah. I think there's anything going on. I feel like we've had stuff going on for so many weekends in a row now mm -hmm. that, that I feel like this coming week and weekend, we're going to be like, yeah. Burner state as a show. I just don't know if it's announced. I know there's one that we haven't announced yet. Let's see. Let's see. Let's find out what's live. <clears throat> you know, uh, you know who would know this? It should uh, be the vocalist of the band. No, it would be Ty. Ty, Ty would. Know Ty this, would know. But um, no, I don't think there's no there's no shows now. Burner there State is, has shirts for sale. New there's ones. a new Burner State shirt. No, we we know we don't because there's no there's no flyer. <laughs> um. Yeah. Yeah, and then uh, for all the Southern California kids, we have something cool coming in May. Um, yes. That's going to be really fun because it's going to be something a little different. So we're excited about that. And that's it, really. Yeah, I feel like there's, I'm forgetting things. I'm going to remember as soon as we're done. But yeah, like Mike said, please add us on TikTok. <laughs> um. Uh, don't you dare, Michael. <laughs> um, and uh, <laughs> with that, <laughs> this is episode 19, you guys. Thank you for supporting the podcast. Uh, oh, I uh, would love to hear from you guys, please. Yes. Like, again, there's it's it's growing slowly, but I have a few people that reach out to me, and they like it's almost like they're answering it, like the questions that we're being asked to, you know. And I love that, even though obviously yeah. some are pretty directly at you know like mbr questions whatever but like other stuff like would love to hear what you guys thoughts are um and uh yeah please keep sending in questions topics you'd like for us to cover uh we're open to doing like reaction stuff i reacted to <laughs> will smith smacking the shit out of chris rock the soul out of chris rock my goodness so yeah well, that being said, we love you guys. We will see you guys very, very soon. Peace. Peace. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.